Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into the Coffee Break Podcast. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks so much for listening in today. And a little bit of a technical difficulty here at the front end of our show today. So we're going to join our conversation in progress. But I have to say, you know, we've managed to keep our number one priority going, which is serving the community, serving our clients and keeping our shelter open. We've done that. We haven't had any infections in shelter. It's me knocking on wood. Um, and we've been able to keep our staff healthy and safe. And so I feel grateful for that. That's been a huge priority. Yeah. For those not familiar, I, I guess, can you, rather than taking it for granted, can you tell listeners what the Friendship Center is, yeah. what what it's all about, who it serves? Absolutely. So the Friendship Center serves those impacted by domestic and sexual violence and stalking in the Tri-County area. So Lewis and Clark, Broadwater, and Jefferson County. So we have a pretty big service area, and we provide those services to anyone who needs them confidentially and free of charge. Yeah, and the only one in the, in the Tri-County area. The only area. one, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so a, a tough time for so many, especially nonprofits. I mean, um, without digging into the weeds and looking at your checkbook, how, you know, financially, how how is the Friendship Center doing right now? You know, we're actually in good good shape. I mean, it's it was a scary year. I have to say, you know, the CARES Act money and the PPP money was made the difference for us that allowed us to keep our shelter at half capacity, which is what we'd been asked to do by public health and keep people more in hotels. So that was a big price tag for us, putting people in hotels all through the last six months. Um, we're starting to fill up now and, you know, we've, that money's gone, but I'd say overall we're in really good, sh- healthy shape. It's, you know, it's nothing to take for granted, but I'm grateful for the support we've had in the community to help us see this time through. Yeah. Well, and you, you talk about, you know, like a communal living situation, just the fact that every day is all of a sudden three times harder. I mean, everything you do. Everything. Yeah. I mean, that's congregate living in any in the best of circumstances is a challenge. But when you throw in a pandemic, it is a huge challenge. It's meant us, you know, staff meeting regularly every week, just problem solving, troubleshooting and trying to make sure that we're keeping everybody safe. And that's a constant process. Yeah. So I guess a chance for you to throw some kudos out to the staff because obviously they're doing it right. Oh, yeah. We have a fantastic staff. The team at the Friendship Center, every single person there is doing this because it's their heart work. They love this work. They're doing it from a place of real compassion and belief in the work, and, and it shows every day. We have an amazing team. Yeah. Jenny Eck with the Friendship Center is with us this morning, and the folks there, as you said, been working very hard. And I, I know there's sort of been an increase nationwide in domestic violence through the pandemic, which which I think people can connect those dots, right? Just that stress level ramps up situations that maybe were on the edge have been pushed over. Have we been seeing that here in our community? Yeah, it's interesting because our numbers are a little misleading because we went through lockdown. Everything yeah. got real quiet for a couple months. And so our overall numbers for 2020 are below 2019, but above 2018. But I don't think that's a reflection of what's happening in people's homes. It's a reflection of when people get really isolated, it's harder for them to get help and reach out for help. But yeah, I mean, the last few months have been super duper busy. Yeah. So we are starting to see that. Yeah, we're starting to see yeah. that. And even, you know, the ones that we've seen over the last year, I think in addition, to more people potentially being impacted it's the increase in violence in those situations just it's happening faster it's more intense it's this sort of pressure cooker situation and so we see people coming to us who've experienced pretty extreme violence yeah and, and i suppose that's going to probably continue for the next i mean th- this thing's not over yet so yeah the pressure cooker continues yeah i think everyone's feeling the stress i mean imagine you know even in a healthy household where 
everyone's feeling stressed. The kids are home. Yeah. The kids are unhappy. This, people are socially isolated. I mean, it's not easy. And then you add all those elements that already exist in some of these abusive households, and it, it's it's not a good combination. Yeah. Jenny Eck is the executive director of the Friendship Center. She's with us in the studio this morning. And Jenny, you've been out there for a few years now. You moved from legislature to uh, to the Friendship Center. We're actually talking with somebody uh, from the legislature here in a little bit. Um, but you're going to be moving on again. I am. Yeah. Bittersweet for sure. But yeah. it's, uh, so what, what's going on? Tell, tell folks what's going on. Well, my last day will be April 2nd. I just gave my notice last two weeks ago, I guess. And, um, I have the opportunity to study in a master's degree program. I was accepted into an international fellowship. And so, um, I'll be studying peace and conflict resolution. And it was just one of those lifelong dreams that I just couldn't pass up. So, the University of Queensland has accepted me in Brisbane, Australia. Um, not sure when I'll get over there. Depends on when borders open up. So um, initially, I'll be studying remotely. But the goal is to be moving over there as soon as borders open up okay. to take my degree. And so this fellowship. I mean, what what's it all about? What are you gonna? What does that mean? What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's the International Rotary Peace Fellowship, and it's a degree in international relations. So it's really looking at. Um, diplomacy and how to help nonprofits around the world work on issues around violence. Um, and so for me, my real interest is gender-based violence, which is what I've been doing at the Friendship Center. But now looking at that more with an international lens, especially looking at Southeast Asia. Yeah. So you've gone from the legislature where you're you're trying to get laws passed to being boots on the ground. And now I guess you want your boots all over the globe at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know where this path will lead, but um it's an adventure for sure, and it's you know it's been a real surreal week because I made the announcement last week, and so it's become much more real right. um, this past week, and it's hard to know but where it's all going to go. But I do have to say, you know, Montana is my love and my home, and um, you know wherever I end up around the world, I know I'll end up coming back to. Jenny Eck is with the Friendship Center. She's the executive director, at least uh, until April second. She's still got that title, and you're heading. To Australia, you know it's summer down in Australia. <laughs> you know you don't even get to go and enjoy the summer though. No, right? I know it's a negative for whatever two degrees here, and it's probably eighty-five there. Right yeah. Now. So you're gonna do basically like what everybody's been doing. You you just start this thing remote. Yeah, I'm going to start this thing remote. And what's funny is it's a 17-hour time difference there. So my classes are from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, not all of them, but a, a couple of them are, and a couple of them are going to be late afternoon. So it'll be a bit of an adjustment but uh, on many fronts, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, you're gonna. They're gonna get used to you being in your pajamas and drinking coffee. <laughs> That's right. Right. Like, yeah, my kids are gonna have to get used to me uh, not being the most on it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Eck with us this morning. I mean, how Jenny? How did this come about? I mean, that's a big deal. So is that something that you've been sort of looking for? for a while or did sort of an opportunity crop up or I mean how does something like yeah, this happen? It just fell in my lap I mean when I was in college I'd always wanted to pursue a master's degree in international business and then I um, had my family instead and took a different course and it's been a beautiful path but um, yeah last year this was a year and a half ago I just randomly came across this fellowship and um, it was actually do in 48 hours from when I came across it, when I saw it. And I just had this feeling like I just got it. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring. And so I just worked my tail off for 48 hours to get it in. And, um, 
I fell up short. I was like, I can't get it in. I was, there was no way. It was five essays and a whole bunch of questions and it just wasn't going to happen. And then they gave another 24 hour extension because of some computer glitches and I was able to get, get it in and then kind of forgot about it and then got called by the state interview team and made it through that interview process and then went on to the national and then the international. And, um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. There's 10 of us who got accepted into this program in Queensland. Um, overall, around the world, there are 50 people at um, five different universities. So okay. um, it's one, you know, it's a, just one of those things that just felt like yeah. it all lined up. So ultimately, what is the hope? I mean, what do you hope to, you know, you get done with this, master's complete, then what? It's, that's a great question. I'm not sure. I think it's one of those things where I'll just see where the path leads. I mean, like I said, I'm really interested in working on gender-based violence, um, and there's a lot of work to be done, obviously, everywhere in the world, but I'm specifically interested in Southeast Asia. I've done some work in Myanmar. Uh, Myanmar right now, unfortunately, is, is experiencing a military coup and is shut mm-hmm. to the international groups, so who knows where that's going to end up. But um, that's been something that I've been feeling kind of called towards. So I'm open, you know, it could end up where working more in the diplomatic field, it could end up working more in the nonprofit field. And I, it's just a big adventure. I feel like I've just sort of jumped off a cliff. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to land. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I know how much the Friendship Center and their mission means to you. So it's the, the bittersweet is certainly the right word, right? Like I mean, it's got to be a little bit hard for you, as excited as you must be. It's so hard. I mean, it was not an easy thing to leave at all. And even up until, you know, especially once the pandemic started, I just didn't know if I could do it. Um, and I think what makes it easier for me to leave is just knowing that the Friendship Center is in great hands. We have a fantastic staff. My leadership style has always been very collaborative. So there's very few things that I do alone. You know, my staff know how to they know how to run that place um, and they are awesome at their jobs and we have a great board. Our board is super involved. They pay attention. They're very active. And so I know that whoever steps into this role is going to inherit a great organization that's really healthy and strong and be able to take it to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's safe to say everybody there would, would echo me in saying that you left it better than you found it and you've done great work there and they do, as you said, I mean, there's so many great people um, that you're leaving in place there. They're going to continue to be a vital part uh, of the community. And you're there until April 2nd, but then we need a new executive director. I mean, what what does that process look like? So the description, the job description has been posted on our website. So we're actively looking for interested, qualified folks, and that's all laid out in that job description. Um, so, you know, that'll be probably in the next couple of weeks. Those will CVs and resumes will start coming in and then I'm part of the hiring committee we're going to start doing interviews and we're going to just keep going until we find the right person and I'm not you know I'm not disappearing I'm going to be around I want to make sure that it's a smooth transition for whoever comes on board and that they have all the information they need that they get a warm handoff Um, but it's it's exciting I think we're going to attract some real talent because it is such a well-known organization I have to say this is the 50th year that the Friendship Center has been in existence so it's going to be a great year of celebrating what the Friendship Center has meant to the community yeah so who is right for that job it's an interesting job because it's, you know, it's both knowing how to manage a team, understanding budget, understanding sort of in, internal organizational strategy, but also really outward facing, right? Like having good relationships in the community, knowing how to fundraise, good at public speaking. Um, so the ideal candidate is both, can both pivot inward and understand those 
nitty gritty organizational needs and then also pivot outward and be the face of the organization. Yeah. And and you said that's posted on the Friendship Center's it website is. right yep. now? Mm-hmm. So that's how they would go through and apply? Yep. And all the instructions are on there about okay. how to do it. Yeah. And it sounds like you're going to be there to take some phone calls and you know absolutely answer questions i've already had a few folks call me and i want to know more about the job i'm always happy to talk about it i mean i'm very committed to finding the right person and making sure that we're able to hand this organization off to the right um, leaders so that it continues to be yeah. a strong well and when we find the right you know luckily i guess for for the right person you can't go to australia yet so your phone call <laughs> that's you know, right your phone call away they don't have to get up in the middle of the night to call you you know the, they can i'll be up but oh, well there you go they'll, but there'll be a nice transition which is yeah. nice you'll be able yeah. to sort of do some hand holding mm-hmm. initially while everything's figured out that's why i gave so much notice it was yeah. important to me to make sure that there was plenty of time yeah so what is uh jenny what's the website for people to go and it's www.thefriendshipcenter.org. Well, that's easy to find. Super easy, yeah. Yeah. Jenny Eck with Friendship Center, at least until April 2nd. I'm going to keep saying it because I want her there. Uh, Jenny, thanks so much uh, thanks for, for coming in, and me. thanks for what you've done in our community and what I know you'll continue to do. Thanks, Troy. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it, it's such a great thing. So so if you, if you can help, if this is a job for you, or if you just want to help out, the Friendship Center. They can always use uh, donations of volunteers, that sort of thing. So get on the website, check it out, and help them with their mission. Um, we are going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk with Representative Janet Ellis on Coffee Break. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back in. This is Coffee Break. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this morning. And uh, we're switching from a former legislator in Johnny Act to a current legislator with uh, Representative Janet Ellis finishing the show today. She's the representative for House District 81. Thanks so much for taking time with us this morning. Good morning. Um, I'll just correct one thing you've said. I'm a senator, not I'm a, a sen- representative. You know what? It's a Monday morning. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Can you can you let folks know um, the, the area that you represent? Uh, let let people know just just who it is that you're serving. So, as you may have be aware, the districts in Helena are drawn in ways that I I don't track why they're drawn that way, but my <laughs> district includes downtown Helena, and it goes out to Lincoln Road. The two representatives under me are Mary Caffaro, Representative Mary Caffaro, and mm-hmm. Representative Moffy Funk. It includes, um, let's see, it's sort of narrow downtown, but it, and it goes out to um, the, past the airport, 
to Prickly Pear Creek. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. That- it gives folks a general idea. Anytime we ask about the maps, it is kind of hard because no, no matter where you are, the map is, it's like following a maze. It's, it's like a corn maze, kind of a squiggly line. But uh, you've been, you've been serving in the legislature for how long now? Since 2015. Okay. So, and I was in the house two sessions. Right. And then I, this is the second session I've been in the Senate. So why did you decide to run? I mean, politics over the last, I don't know, grabbing a time frame, maybe decade or so, I, I, they've been getting tougher and tougher to be a part of, it seems. And right in the middle of that, you decided to run. I mean, why, why did you make that decision? Well, I actually had been interested in running for a lot of years. I had I worked for a nonprofit, the Audubon Society here in Montana, since about uh, 1990, and um, had been up at the Capitol a lot doing their policy work. And then I got recruited to run by another legislator in this in um, Senate District 80 or House District 81 and won that primary and then went on in the general in 2015. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I was recruited. I'd always had an interest. I, I'm, I'm used to being um, of service to individuals, and I love the Helena um, community. I raised my family here, and still live here obviously <laughs> yeah and you're still you're still going to work at the capitol i mean it's it, it says something that you not only ran you ran again and then again and then you're still there so obviously this is important to you it's very very important the Helena community and all of montana is very important to me so janet this session obviously different your party now in the minority does that change how you how you look at your job how you approach your job well, my party's been in the minority ever since I've been in the legislature. So um, it is different have not having the governor's office, mm-hmm. but otherwise I've been, um, yeah, I've been serving in the minority since I've been in the legislature. This session looks so different. Uh, you know, lots of remote meetings, Zoom, all of that. How has it been moving just just the nuts and bolts of it all, because it is, you know, it's almost learning as you go. How do we make this work? How is all that going? It seems like it's going fine. I have, I know I've been mostly um, attending by Zoom and I go up, I've gone up to the Capitol periodically and I realize that those relationships and running into people it's so critical to the legislature to have those little side conversations after a uh, committee meeting. A lot of that is not happening like it, it normally does. But I find attending in Zoom, I can pay attention. And um, I haven't had problems asking questions. When I've had questions, I feel like I know the legislation. It's more the relation piece that has suffered somewhat and that you have to work at every day anyhow. So it is a little different. Um, I'm not going to say it isn't hard. It is. 
Senator John Janet Ellis with us this morning. Um, can you? We've we've talked uh, with a couple of uh, of elected officials here over the last few weeks, and one of the things that we talked about were the various committees uh, that they serve on. Can you explain to folks sort of what happens in in these committees? I for folks that don't know the just kind of how the process all works. Yes, I'll tell you what committees I'm on. Mm -hmm. I don't have a list of all the committees, but um, basically bills when they're, they come out are, and are drafted by, and they're usually the idea of a legislator or a group or the governor or somebody else, agencies. Um, it goes to the committee that closely matches the subject matter. And I serve on finance and claims. That does the budget. So that's the budget for the state and the pay plan for all the employees. And um, we have a lot of state employees in, in Helena, obviously. I also am on state administration. And that does election laws. And it does pension plans for state employees um, and other administrative things. Um, the lottery, yeah, it has a lot of diverse bills. And then I'm, I sit on the Agriculture, Livestock, and Irrigation Committee, and um, that committee is less representative of my district, but it's what I was assigned to. And it's an interesting committee. You learn a lot about milk pricing and um, agriculture in the state of Montana, which is a very important industry, as you know. Yeah, there are so many bills that come up every session and, you know, really only a handful make it out of committee. And then, of course, they, you know, you know, not everything makes it to the governor's desk. It's a tough thing to get a, a bill to the finish line, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I have my first bill is headed to the governor's office right now. <laughs> and it was a um, it was a interim committee bill. So it's not terribly substantive, but. It is one of those things where you have to go through the committee, then you have to go through the floor and defend it in, in the chamber that you're in, and then it goes to a committee in the other house, and then it goes to the floor in the other house, and then it can come back to you if it has amendments, um, and then it goes to the governor if those amendments would be approved by your chamber. So it is a long process, and um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's got to feel really rewarding. Yeah, it's got to feel rewarding to have yours, you know, make it through that. I mean, it's it, it's a marathon, and yours made it through. I have one bill so far. I have two more that are out of the Senate and headed for the House, so we'll see how my track record goes. Well, so what are those? Uh, let's fill folks in on, uh, on on your other bills. So the um, other two bills, one is one from the Department of Natural Resources and Conservation, and it adds membership to work. It, it adds more people to working on invasive species in the state of Montana. And um, it's important to be effective and efficient. And the more we coordinate, the better, I think, because um, there are onerous issues. And then the second one helps increase election accessibility for people with disabilities. And those are the two bills that are now out of the Senate and headed to the House. Well, I think those are both good bills. I, I you, you put your name next to the good stuff. Yes, I did. Always. <laughs> <laughs> State Senator Janet Ellis is with us finishing out our show today. We've got about three, three and a half minutes left with her. Um, what is the most important thing 
for this 2021 session in your mind? I mean, what needs to happen? Well, we need to pass a balanced budget that maintains services and helps Montana recover from the economy that COVID has brought us. And it's a challenge to work on those issues, but it's really important. And it's a lot of different pieces. It's not just one bill or anything. It's a lot of programs. And the more we can focus, and that's what I know Democrats are trying to do, at least in this um, session, is really focus on the economy and jobs and a balanced budget that's going to service Montanans. So for you personally, what would mark a successful session? Um, I, I'm a vice chair on Senate Finance and Claims, which does the budget. Mm-hmm. And so my focus really is on the budget. And it's crafting a budget that maintains services, yet there's a lot of COVID relief money we're looking at that needs to be approved. I think it's just keeping our eye on the ball that a lot of Montanans are hurting and we really need to step up to the plate and deliver services like we never have before. State Senator Janet Ellis with us on Coffee Break. And as we talked about, this session is it, it's just different like everything else. It's, it's different. But government is still open. I mean, people can still participate, even even if they have to do it on Zoom. There is still that opportunity, and that that's valuable, isn't it? Yes, it is. We have a lot of, we have people going to the Capitol as well as participating on Zoom in terms of the public, and that seems to work fine as long as people do have an internet connection, and that's one of the challenges with, in the modern age, in Helena, you know, it, it you have to be able to get on Zoom. You can if you have a phone that you can participate that way too. State Senator Janet Ellis with us. Uh, you've got one minute. You have any parting oh. words for us? Um, gosh, I'll put I, you on the I spot. Probably should have. Yeah, I probably should have prepared for this better. But <laughs> I feel that um, Montanans. And a balanced budget that really services Montanans is the big piece that we all have to focus on at the legislature. I also think that my experience really helps us, me and other Democrats participate in that process. And I um, appreciate the opportunity to reach out to Helenans on your show. Well, I appreciate the time. I know you've got a lot going on, various committees and uh, working on legislation. So thank you for what you're doing uh, for our community, for our state there at the legislature. And thank you for taking time with us this morning. Thank you. I'm actually going to be a little late to a committee meeting. So um, you can blame I appreciate it on me. talking to you. Too. Yeah, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll take it. That's all the time we have. Okay. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.